0: The wireless customer
1: you are calling is not available. Please try again later. (sighs) El cliente de
2: servicio móvil al que llama no se encuentra disponible.
0: Hey, my name's Alfredo, and that was my loud sigh. Calling strangers makes me nervous. I can't help it. But to make this podcast, I had to make a lot of calls to people who didn't expect to hear from me. And I'll explain why. But first, some background. I work for a software company called Simple Texting. We make a software for small businesses that need an easy way to reach customers. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait, are you the reason I get spam texts? So let me clarify, no. We hate spam. We're actually really strict about only allowing texts from businesses who have consent to text their contacts, meaning no buying lists, no blast texting spam, that's illegal, it's annoying, no one likes it. We don't allow it. So with that out of the way, here's why I'm making this podcast. Our goal, like any business, is to grow. Probably goes without saying. But as a business that makes a product to help other businesses, it seems like the best way to help our business grow is to help theirs. If they grow, we grow. So I had this idea. What if we used our team's brain power to come up with ideas for other people's businesses? People who use our product. So that's what this is. That's the podcast you're listening to. We're calling the show Shoestring because honestly, that's the type of budget most small businesses are working with. They need to do a lot without spending a lot. After I pitched the idea for this show to my boss Drew and he approved it, I suddenly got anxious because now I had to actually find our first customer to participate and that meant cold calling. Now, the irony of a texting company employee making cold calls isn't lost on me, but again, we only like texts that are sent with permission. So now I had buy-in on the idea. It was time to place some calls. I went down our list of customers. A lot of people didn't answer, but then. Hello, this is Elizabeth. Hey Liz, my name's uh, Alfredo. I'm on the team at Simple Texting. We're the platform that you use for collecting SMS subscribers. I'm sorry to call you out of the blue. I I was hoping to tell you about a project I'm trying to put together and see if you'd be interested in participating. Do you have just a a couple minutes? I do, yeah. Um, So so basically my vision is to put together this podcast. I told Elizabeth, who I later learned goes by Lib, about my vision, about how we wanted to find a few small businesses who have limited resources and could use a hand. I told her we wanted to find out what their goals are and see if our marketing team can come up with ideas to help. They didn't have to use our ideas. I wasn't trying to upsell them. There were no strings attached, other than letting us record it all for this podcast. So that's the short pitch. Like, how does that land? Is that something you'd potentially be open to?
1: I mean, I'm intrigued by it. So we're... You can probably tell very new to simple texting and just running SMS campaigns in general. Our list is extremely small. I think it was like 10 people last time I checked. Um, and we're doing this in advance of an event that's happening next month. So our, our time frame for this is like pretty short. So I just felt like those are two kind of important pieces of info to make sure that you know.
0: Yeah, and, and
1: candidly... Like,
0: this was perfect, the ideal project for us to sink our teeth into. Now, eventually, I want this podcast to go way beyond just text marketing, but as a texting company, this is probably a good place to start. A small organization, starting with texting, essentially from scratch. Actually, they hadn't even thought about using texting until their marketing agency, Paris Mountain Marketing, suggested it to them quite recently. That would still work for us if you're open to that.
1: Okay. We are working with a local marketing company, and they're the ones who have helped us set up our simple texting account. Um, We wouldn't even know about you all without them. So we can like boot them into this. I think that would be really great.
0: Great. Yeah. Why don't I go ahead and and send you an email and then we can set up a call.
1: Okay. That sounds great. Thanks, Alfredo.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. Hope you have a good weekend. You too. Bye. I shot Lib an email, she looped in her marketing agency, and a few days later, all three of us jumped on a call.
1: My name is Lib Ramus. I'm the creative director for the Makers Collective in Greenville, South Carolina.
2: My name is Jackie Soliday. I'm the president of Paris Mountain Marketing in Greenville, South Carolina.
0: Makers Collective, the subject of our first episode, is a nonprofit that provides resources for makers. So think leather workers, ceramicists, painters, and any other artists who make things that you'd want to buy.
1: We primarily exist to support creative entrepreneurs. And to do that, we connect them with the community, mostly through events. We typically do a really big festival each September. We've been doing this for 13 years.
0: This two-day event that Lib's talking about, the Indie Craft Parade, was just a couple weeks away. It's their biggest event of the year with more than 9,000 people expected to attend. So this isn't just any old craft show. This is like the Super Bowl of craft shows in the Southeast.
1: This takes place right now in a big arena. We've had people describe it before like Etsy in real life, but I like to say it's way better than Etsy. You kind of walk into this celebration So we have curated 118 artists from usually about 400 applications. These are small brands and they're doing everything from leather bags to fine
0: art to food. There are also food trucks, a craft station, a photo booth. Imagine row after row of booths with all this unique art that you can't find anywhere else.
1: A jewelry maker next to a letterpress printer next to it's all mixed and intertwined and hopefully very inspiring.
0: I was sold. The event sounded really cool and clearly unique, but that doesn't mean marketing it isn't without its challenges. Before getting into how we could help, I asked Lib about the marketing challenges that have held them back in the past.
1: One of the challenges that we have is just collecting the data from our festival attendees. We've had 13 years where six, seven, eight, 9,000 people are coming out to the event every year, but they're buying tickets at the door. So we don't have a way to sell tickets ahead of time, collect all the data that a lot of other companies and businesses, I think, have just by nature of they sell a product and they it's a byproduct. They have an email address and a phone number. And so we've got some catching up to do for sure.
0: So the reason they don't collect contact info is because the venue handles ticket sales at the door and that's a big deal because they aren't able to keep in touch with the people who go to the event. There is one exception, though, and that's for opening night, where they worked out a special deal with the venue where they can sell tickets in advance online. So they're able to collect some emails, but only from a fraction of the people who attend. And that brings us to the second challenge making the untrackable trackable, finding marketing channels that are easy to measure.
1: From the first festival in 2010, we've been doing like billboards and radio ads and posters and postcards, very kind of analog methods of advertising. And then as we've grown and as the landscape has shifted a little, we dropped radio, we picked up some Instagram, Facebook ads, and that worked for a while. But especially in the last year, we have seen the effectiveness of those just completely drop off the map. The other Tricky part with having an event where people are buying tickets at the door is it's hard to measure how effective our ads are when there's not a direct click to purchase kind of link. So when we were looking at trying to figure out how do we promote this year's festival, how do we reach new people? How do we make sure our our longstanding customers come back? We reached out to Jackie and we were like, can you help us shift into What does marketing need to look like in 2023? And one of the first things that she said was SMS.
0: Here's what Jackie had to say about why she suggested texting.
2: One of the reasons that I like SMS and I feel like it's trending to be a superior product is because the open rate is just exceptional. At the 98%, 99% open rate and a 2% unsubscribe rate. These are numbers that email platforms can't even dream about. So. Getting this information to an active and engaged audience is something that every brand is striving for, so there's, it, it's an easy win to connect with people in real time without the barrier of opening up an email.
0: Jackie and Lib know people almost always read their texts, and that's why they wanted to use it to solve their two biggest challenges reaching people who attend their events, and finding a more effective marketing channel that can be measured. But they wanted to know, how do we actually get people to sign up for our messages? Up until now, they'd only really promoted their texting program with a small call-out on their website. Here's Jackie again.
2: Because you can't buy tickets on their website, the incentive to visit the website isn't necessarily there. So really, Mm -hmm. this was... Establishing a baseline for future performance where we can get um, the brand caught up and that we can utilize SMS text to the best of its ability in 2024.
0: And since they don't sell anything besides tickets at the door, what should they offer as an incentive to sign up for texts? Here's Lib.
1: I think what's tricky on my side of things is... I was like, great, sounds awesome. How do we get, where do we get the numbers? We have zero numbers. So we're starting from scratch. Like, how do we build our list? What I normally see with people's text campaigns is, you know, get free shipping or get a percentage off your next purchase. And that's from an event organizer standpoint. That's that's not something we can offer. So, again, trying to figure out how can we make this make sense for people and get them excited about signing up for our texts.
0: So that was the first part of our mission, figure out how to get people to sign up for texts. And then there was another arguably more important question. What should they actually send? Of course,
1: as we get to the event, like last year, we had some inclement weather the weekend of our event. It would have been awesome to be able to text anyone who was planning to come say, we're still open, come to the event, we're dry inside, join us. So Before we have, you know, actual event updates like that, how do we best use this tool? We have this busy event season, and then it's a little quieter the rest of the year. I am trying not to just, like, spam people for the month of August and September, and then we disappear, and we reach out again in August next year, and they're like, who is this?
0: Ultimately, Lib doesn't just want to send a text for the sake of texting. Even with emails, they only send one if they have something valuable to share.
1: I think one of the things about texting that's interesting is it feels really personal, where whenever you get a marketing email, this is going out to a huge list. Whenever you see an Instagram post, you know this is going out to a huge list. I think there could be some advantages for us, even if our list is relatively small this year, that we are able to provide some kind of value to the people on the list because they are our early subscribers. I don't know how to do that yet, but I think some brainstorming around that also could be pretty valuable.
0: So there you have it. Their marketing wasn't working as well as it used to, and they wanted texting to change that. Lib and Jackie's mission for us was to, number one, come up with incentives for people to join their texting lists so they can provide event updates and promote future events. And number two, recommend what to send to their contacts to keep them engaged year-round without annoying the heck out of them. OK, thank you both so much. Thanks for letting me go over the, the 30 minutes that I promised. Um, and I'll, I'll send you an email um, to schedule a time to catch up next week, and we'll see if we can come up with any, any interesting ideas.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Alfredo.
0: On to the second phase of the mission, looping in some of the other members of the Simple Texting Marketing team. OK, can you see my screen? Welcome to the first marketing mission. I'll just jump right into it. So this customer is- I spent the next few minutes presenting everything I'd learned from Lynn and Jackie to the crew. On the call was Nathan Ellering, head of content and SEO and ultra marathon runner, Jake Gato, demand generation specialist and pro snowboarder. Well, not actually pro, but he's good. And Danny Henyon, content lead and possessor of notoriously bad Wi-Fi. doing some paid ads. Um, I think we lost Danny? Let me let Danny back in. You're back. How much did you? How much did you miss? All of it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no.
1: no audio is coming through.
0: I'm gonna run back to the beginning. You haven't missed all that much. All right, marketing. Marketing mission number one. Take two. Take two. <laughs> uh, our subject, Makers Collective. After the initial brief, naturally there were some questions.
3: What do you think the window they're texting is?
1: On their website, what are they collecting? Is that just a call to action for more information? Is that what that is?
0: I was just wondering, what will they send? And then a little awkward silence as we all did some thinking. Um, hmm. But then creative juices started flowing.
3: It's like the vendors have everything to gain by people attending the event too.
0: One after another, ideas started to come. Some big, some small.
3: I love a good market. When I go, I want to see a
1: preview, like what types of goods am I going to see?
0: It was all starting to come together and it felt good to brainstorm about someone else's business instead of just the simple texting business.
3: How do you try to make that untrackable thing trackable? So if they're putting flyers in all these coffee shops and they think it works, it's like, why not just put a text in keyword or or QR code on there?
0: Eventually, we landed on around 20 solid ideas that we felt good about. And it was time to share with Jackie and Lib. So, I got them on another call. This time, it was just me on the call with them. The pressure was on to do the ideas everyone had come up with justice. There we go. Okay, you can still see my screen, right? Yes. Okay. I walked Lib and Jackie through everything the team and I had talked about. And then it was the moment of truth. Time to hear if they felt like these ideas would work for them.
1: Well, I'm, first of all, I'm really excited because I feel like you guys uh, got the assignment, like you understood the assignment.
0: A couple of things stood out. The first idea that stood out was one Jake had come up with. Here's Jake during our brainstorm.
3: Um, I, I just stopped thinking about the event and events like this. because they're like a map, right? Like here you can see the map, all the vendors or whatever, like text map to our word.
0: What Jake's describing is actually super easy to set up. It involves a text-to-join keyword, which literally takes 30 seconds to create. Basically, it's just a word that triggers an automated message when someone texts it in. In this case, the word would be map, and it would trigger a link to a map of the event, and then the person would be subscribed to future messages. We
1: literally have thousands of people who are attending the event. If you want to, this is a simple way to do it. It'll be in your text, and you have... Even from a an accessibility standpoint, I don't have to go back and find a sign and scan it again if I close my browser or whenever I... It's just in my text messages. Yeah. So I think that one's a, a really easy one for us to implement this year.
0: The next idea was inspired by a moment I had in my garden a few weeks earlier. Did I tell you guys about this stamp that I made? I think I told Nathan, but I had this stamp making kit and I decided to finally use it and I made a stamp of... My girlfriend's face when she was in the garden and was really excited that she was growing ginger. In the
2: video, I grew ginger in my yard. Look.
0: And it's it's oh the least God. flattering oh stamp I've God. made, <laughs> but like I just think these stamp prints are so cool. I'm like, what if there was like text in and get this print on the spot?
1: The mini linocut reward, I think it's. Really lovely. I'm not positive if that's something that could happen this year, but I love the idea. I love that you get a physical, tangible
0: piece of art in exchange. We had a few other ideas for how to collect phone numbers. For example, if they already have a photo booth, what if people could get photos texted to them if they agreed to sign up for their list? Our photo booth
1: is very old tech. You get the physical one. But what happens is you get four or five people piled into the photo booth And you get one copy of the photo so all of the people are going to want one let me throw my phone number in here really quick and it'll be in my text so i think that's a piece of tech uh technology that we could try to figure out yeah um i don't know how feasible that is because when i say old tech i'm like it's circa 98 it it, we covet old laptop inside of the photo booth that We can't let it connect to the internet. But I think that's a very compelling reason for someone
0: to give their phone number. Another way to get signups could be to ask people to text in photos of their favorite item purchased at the event. And this would help them not just collect subscribers, but collect content.
1: I like the interactiveness of like text a photo of what you bought. I'm curious how much, like, administrative management that would take for someone to just keep up with that. But I like the, I really like the personal nature of it.
0: Jackie was ready. She already had simple texting pulled up on her laptop and showed Lib how that would work.
1: The images would just stay in in, in here. And we can look at it. Yeah.
0: Then there was a suggestion from Nathan about what to actually text people. They could
3: maybe... For anyone who texted in specifically from the event, they could just text those people specifically. What did you like? What didn't you like? How could we improve? That sort of thing. You get get drift. Like they could get some really good feedback that could help them with the next event.
1: We do send out a post-event survey via email. I think that's an easy one to ask for people in text messages. Uh, We've already created a survey. It's usually a Google form. It's not complicated or long, so it's something people could easily fill out on their phone. And we may have a better response rate if we're sending it via email and via text. And it, it'd be fun to compare. Like my guess is the immediacy. Even just I went to the festival yesterday, right? And I've got the link right now. I still so, have it. Got- yeah, it's all fresh in my mind. I'll just yeah. fill it out.
0: And even outside of the event season, we had some ideas for how they could engage their audience. So I have this friend who does these, I grabbed it to show you, but he does these really simple, but fun pen drawings. And I was like, what if they got somebody like him to man their texting for an hour and they just texted send us the fav your favorite photo on your phone and we'll text back a speed drawing of it. I've never seen somebody do something like that. And I feel like it would really work for that. this audience. If everyone got like a l- really quick mini artwork.
1: I love the idea of the custom art. Even we've got something on our team that does lettering and to be able to say, text, whatever it is, text, your text name your name to us in the next hour. And they get this like fun, like lettered version of their name back. That is a feasible mm-hmm. idea and a very personal. Interaction. It's like a better version of a caricature. I think that's a that's one of those ideas
0: I don't think I would have come up with, and that's really cool. Jake had another idea for how to get value out of texting, and this one didn't involve people who bought tickets.
3: One other audience here that I, I don't know if we talked about, but there's the attendees and then there's also the artists, right? And like the vendors. Should that be like a separate segment that they focus on? Like how do I get all the artists to sign up so I can send a text hey park in the third lot or anything like that is, is that part of it that should probably be part of the the signing up right or when they get selected um
1: yeah typically we'd handle all that kind of communication via email but honestly uh, the younger our volunteers get like the more tech savvy people like people that right. you're not checking your email right on, on an intense day like right you right. are heads down but you're tech- checking text messages right So I think this is interesting even just to say, hey, we should head this way for communicating with volunteers.
0: And finally, there was an idea that could color all of the ones we had already talked about. What if they branded their text club? Makers Collective has their finger on the pulse of the art community, and people want in on that. So what if they branded their text club as the Indie Artists Insiders Club? Made it feel like this exclusive way to be the first person to find out about unique emerging artists. Here's Danny.
1: This is personally just what I would want to receive from a, an organization like Makers Collective is like a local handmade gift, gift buying guide for the holidays.
0: We had some other ways that this could feel like a special club. What if they gave people a jury seat so they could decide what artists would be at next year's event? The thought here is just to not think about this as a marketing channel, but as a club, as the Indie Artists Insiders Club. And that would make it much easier to picture what kind of text to send.
1: I think that helps me even disrupt my mind around, this is not just a new way of making me people buy stuff. This is like a, a valuable thing that we're offering. Even if we can't necessarily open up like a jury spot, we could open like insider shopping hour. Yes. Yeah. Like for our um, holiday events, we usually have a soft opening the night before. Usually that's friends and family and artists, but we could open that up also to anyone who's on the insider list. So there are things that we can offer that are perks that I think would be really fun. I think that it's the more that uh, we're talking about ideas, the more I'm realizing like this has some really fun potential that I definitely wasn't considering Mm -hmm. as a new way to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And and even in one of our first conversations, we were talking about, we've done this for 13 years. How do we make sure that we're not getting antiquated with our own messaging and making sure that we're reaching the people who need to be at the show and need to be inspired?
0: Well, I'm I'm so glad this has given you new ideas and it's been a ton of fun for us.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, we would love to stay in touch. I think um, definitely let's touch base after next weekend and we'll kind of update you on what we did and what happened and uh see how it uh see how it plays out you say that you're gonna share that deck
0: yeah i'll email this to you right now
1: will be a great reference wait
0: awesome thanks bye bye thanks for listening to the first episode of shoestring be sure to subscribe if you're curious about whether makers collective tried any of these ideas and whether they worked because we'll be following up with them in the next episode and introducing you to our next marketing mission. If you're a small business that could use some of our brainstorm power, just text us at 954-419-3657. You can find the number in our show notes too. It doesn't have to be about texting, but we are particularly good at thinking about that. Shoestring is written and edited by Danny Henyon and myself, Alfredo Salkeld. It's produced, of course, by Simple Texting, which you can try for free at simpletexting.com. Oh, and a word to other businesses who may be thinking about making podcasts, make sure you actually stop recording, not just leave the meeting room. Please, learn from my mistakes.
1: Hey, I think the easiest thing to start with is get the map, by text. What? Text in map or text map. If that's what well, I
0: realize I need to hit stop recording on my end or it'll just, just keep going.